Welcome on back, folks, to the Northern Miner Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Keevil, and as usual, we are brought to you by the Yukon Mining Alliance. Please do head over to yukonminingalliance.ca to check out all the exciting exploration and development activity going on in Canada's Yukon Territory. And this is episode 93 for the week of February 19th, which means, can you feel it? Can you hear it? It's in the air. It's PDAC season. That's right. Uh, the annual Prospectors and Developers Conference in Toronto is just over a week away as I sit here recording this. Uh, so everybody's getting uh, geared up to fly out to Toronto, where apparently there was some sort of agreement I was not uh, a participant in, wherein Vancouver and Toronto swapped weather. So uh, Toronto, last time I checked, it was about four degrees and raining. Meanwhile, in Vancouver, I, I'm not exactly, it's, it was about zero, maybe a bit little in the negative, and we're having some sort of snowstorm here. So it's, I, I'm looking at the window here at the uh, Northern Miner studio, and there is someone shoveling snow in Vancouver. So uh, Toronto's got us beat on the weather front. Usually we fly out there, bring all your winter coats, bring all that stuff. We don't know for sure what the weather's going to look like, but for those of us making the uh, quote-unquote pilgrimage from Vancouver, you might actually get warmer weather this year in Toronto. So uh, remember to check that weather report. Uh, Make sure you bring uh, maybe winter coats, maybe galoshes. We don't know, but uh, make sure you do check. So uh, this is sort of a lead-in episode for the PDAC. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about some of the metal markets. Are we going to get a PDAC curse this year? I don't know. We'll have to see. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about the major headlines out there in the macroeconomic and political spheres, as well as some of the big news stories of the week. Uh, And also this episode, I'm sort of going to cover some of the major gold companies. So we'll talk Newmont, Barrick, Goldcorp, Agnico, Kinross, etc. We'll talk a little bit about their uh, first quarterly results of 2018. Uh, What is the gold industry looking like at 1300 plus gold? It's a good question. We'll take a look at some of the analyst notes on that subject. Uh, as well as uh, what the analysts are saying about uh, the forward-looking statements from the gold companies. What do those production profiles look like? Uh, What might we see over the next three to four years? So uh, some interesting stuff uh, and an interesting narrative out there about gold companies, as we've talked about in previous episodes, becoming a little bit more, uh, let's say, responsible uh, with how they spend money, with how they invest, with how they look at their investors, uh, and how they uh, sort of pay back shareholders. So uh, we're going to look at that. I actually had a chance to uh, hop on Barrick's Investor Day yesterday and they made a big deal about uh, how the uh, sort of reality of how you operate a gold company has changed um, how uh, <clears throat> their employees own a lot more shares now um, and uh, they're going to be a lot more uh, not not necessarily conservative but uh, a lot more investor driven in how they invest capital really look at those hurdle rates um, and uh, IRRs and rates of returns on some of these potential development projects, potential capital spends, etc. So that's a big conversation going on in the gold sphere. We will talk about that a little bit later in the show. Uh, But first and foremost, let's get to our news and notes and take a glance at sort of the broad mining world this week. Let's kick it off with a quick look at commodities. First and foremost, the gold party lasted all of one week before it was summarily beaten down on Tuesday, back to uh, sort of the regular range we have seen over the past six to eight months. In fact, on Tuesday, gold suffered its sharpest daily decline in more than a year as it lost around $25 per ounce or nearly 2% before closing at $1,331 per ounce. 
which is virtually where we have stayed for the rest of the week as gold was trading at about $1,332 per ounce at the time of recording. This followed A, a strengthening of the U.S. dollar and B, a sort of stabilization of the U.S. equity markets following uh, that tremendous drop in the Dow and S&P we saw uh, last Monday, so a week ago Monday. Um, now, what else happened was there was another meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee and they put out the Fed minutes recently. We'll dig into that a little bit uh, I can give you just sort of a broad statement about the Fed minutes. They said nothing we didn't already know. But we'll dig into that in a little bit more detail uh, moving forward here. First and foremost, though, let's like a look at our base metals. Our friends at BMO Capital Markets have put out some interesting supply side data on some of our headline base metals, including zinc, lead, and nickel. We will be starting with zinc. BMO notes the global zinc mine output in December increased 1.6% year on year, while total mine supply for the year was up 3.6% as zinc miners took advantage of the higher, quote, price environment, where 3M LME zinc futures averaged $2,888 per ton. However, BMO notes refined zinc output was down marginally in 2017, largely reflecting lower reserve grades. For the year, a 495,000 ton deficit is estimated versus BMO's calculation of a 551,000 ton deficit. Turning to lead, global mine output jumped 8.5% during the final month of 2017. However, total mine output was marginally lower last year at 4.74 million tons versus 4.79 million tons in 2016. BMO notes that strong gains in Asia offset weaker production in Australia as Kazakhstani output continued to accelerate, up 57% percent year on year in 2017 to 112,000 tons. Now moving on to nickel ore output which dropped in the Philippines by 6.4% year on year to 23.35 million tons according BMO says to data from the country's Mines and Geoscience Bureau. However fourth quarter 2017 production in the Philippines rose 20% year on year to 4.3 million tons. BMO says that despite the overall output drop nickel content of the ore mined rose 5% year on year to 315,000 tons with a 62% year-on-year gain in the fourth quarter. Uh, BMO says that given this recent strength and with Indonesia now having issued in excess of 28 million tons of ore export licenses for the coming 12 months, it reiterates its view that there will be an ore market share battle in nickel over the coming year, which will in turn depress ore prices and pull down nickel pig iron costs. Finally, in base metals, let's turn to our old friend, Dr. Copper. Uh, the International Copper Study Group released preliminary data this week for November 2017 in its February 2018 Copper Bulletin, which uh, charts the world copper supply and demand picture. Uh, the ICSG said that world mine production is estimated to have declined by 2.4% in the first 11 months of 2017, with concentrate production declining by 2% and solvent extraction electro winning SXEW declining by 3.5%. The decline in world mine production was reportedly mainly due to one a 1.6 decline in production in chile the world's largest copper mine producing country which was negatively affected by the strike at the escondida mine and lower output from cadelco uh, two reductions in concentrate production in argentina canada and mongolia of 57 percent 15.5 percent and 15 percent respectively due to lower grades in the planned mine sequencing Three, a 14.5% decline in Indonesian concentrate 
production as output was constrained by a temporary ban on concentrate exports in January through April of last year. And finally, a 12% decline in production in the U.S., mainly due to lower ore grades, reduced mining weight rates, and unfavorable weather conditions at the beginning of the year. So once again, another sort of peek into that perhaps pending uh, supply issue in the copper market uh, that's going to bring us that supply wall we've talked about so often on the show uh and copper had uh, sort of a, a minor loss this week down 1.1 percent at three dollars and 21 cents per pound at the time of recording which sort of wraps up our base and precious metal roundup for the week i wanted to touch on one more thing because we do uh discuss electric vehicles and technology minerals quite a lot on the show uh bmo also put out a quick update on lithium uh the bmo research team published a detailed thematic report looking at lithium ion battery electrochemistry uh in bmo's opinion this is an area where they consider there to be a thought vacuum a quote unquote thought vacuum around the understanding of the internal workings the design limitations and the implications of various chemistry alternatives uh one of the key takeaways uh bmo had was that the battery industry move to reduce cobalt content through a push to NMC811 cathodes could prove difficult given that 20% cobalt content is crucial to quote stabilize nickel in a way that ensures functionality. Um, as highlighted in BMO's December report, they have to make aggressive substitution assumptions to bring the cobalt market near balance in 2025. Uh, so BMO concludes uh, they would highlight the finding that continually supercharging a lithium ion battery damages the anode, increases structural distorting of the cathode, and leads to battery degradation. So uh, just a quick thematic report on electric cars and lithium-ion battery electrochemistry uh, from BMO. There's a, a much larger note there, which I'll not go into due to the fact it gets a little bit technical so uh we'll just uh, leave it at that on the lithium front uh but that sort of wraps up our news and notes for the week we'll move right on through as mentioned uh, i will talk just a little bit about the federal open market committee minutes that were released earlier this week uh they were uh, sort of led into with uh two sort of important government indicators showing uh more pressure uh, a 2.9 percent increase in average hourly wages for january and an unexpectedly strong 0.5 percent monthly gain in the consumer price index in the u.s uh so uh just sort of hinting sort of at that underlying potential inflation issue we have discussed uh the federal reserve's officials said that they saw quote an increased economic growth and an uptick in inflation uh as justification to continue to raise interest rates gradually uh, according to minutes from the last central bank's meeting uh, so that as we said uh, the market has sort of baked in these three interest rate hikes for the year uh, though the fed continues to sort of hint there's going to be four uh, so uh, the street like widely expects the fed uh, to approve a quarter point increase at the march meeting uh, that would take the rate up to a target range of 1.5 percent to 1.75 percent uh, that rate is tied to most consumer debt uh, in addition to gradually increasing interest rates the committee also is slowly unwinding its portfolio of bonds or balance sheet uh, so uh, we continue to keep our eyes on this uh, obviously the u.s dollar the inflation rate uh, sort of that real wage growth we talk about so much uh we will see where that takes us it uh, obviously has a, a serious impact on the gold market etc but just more broadly as well uh on the strength of these industrial economies as we talked about uh with some of our guests uh late last year like colin hamilton from bemo uh we, we'll see where this industrial complex takes us heading into 2018 here it has started out the year uh, in a rather promising light so we'll see uh if we can maintain this economic growth we hear so much about though there has been uh a little bit of uh murmuring around the edges about uh a concern 
concern with interest rate uh, hikes given the debt levels uh, and also uh, sort of keeping an eye on those bond yields in the U.S. as well to see if we can uh, catch some of those early indicators on what might happen uh, with the U.S. economy moving ahead. So as mentioned, not a huge amount of change vis-a-vis. We still expect three to four interest rate hikes probably from the Fed this year, but we'll keep an eye on those key indicators like the inflation data, real wage growth, etc. in the U.S. economy to see where that might take us due to the fact it does have a serious bearing on A, the industrial complex and also the gold price. So we'll keep our eye on that uh, and uh, keep our uh, fingers on the pulse of what might be happening uh, in terms of the FMOC. As mentioned, uh, this was Janet Yellen's last meeting, so uh, they'll be transferring over to Jerome Powell, and uh, we shall see how it goes in the U.S. moving ahead here. But now, let's head on over to Toronto and uh, meet up with our staff writer, Richard Corisa, for this week's Mining Minute, which features our sponsor, Golden Arrow Resources, uh, a member of the Grosso Group, which is headed by Joseph Grosso, uh, that believes strongly in the mineral potential of Argentina and has focused exploration efforts there since 1993 when the country opened to foreign investment. Uh, Golden Arrow has advanced its Chinchilla Silver project from discovery to development in just five years. The company now holds a 25% share of Puna Operations, Inc., which is a joint venture company operated by SSR Mining, formerly Silver Standard. The joint venture is producing silver concentrate from the Perquitas operation and developing the nearby Chinchillas Silver Project. Golden Arrow trades under uh, GRG on the TSX Venture, G6A on the Frankfurt Exchange, and GARWF on the US OTC. So let's head on over to Toronto to hear from our staff writer, Richard Corisa, and President and CEO of Golden Arrow Resources, Joseph Grosso. Walk me through how the joint venture between you guys and SSR Mining came about. It was quite clear that we, we had the 244 million ounces of silver equivalents, uh, which were the majority very high grade. And we were located about 25, 30 kilometers away from Silver Standard closing out of their, uh, their facility. And they had announced that. So when I discovered that, I had a meeting with the president. We sat down and we said that, that we had a synergy that could never be found anywhere in the world over years and years. The synergy was the proximity that what they had and they were shutting down was exactly what we needed. And what they needed, they needed to to save their infrastructure and continue with their income. So they, they had a, a real disaster going. We, on the other hand, we look at their disaster with our fortune. And what is the operating company called? Puna is the operating company, which we are 25%, and SSR is 75%. Welcome back 
to studio. Thanks to Golden Arrow Resources, Joseph Grosso, and the Northern Miners, Richard Corisa, for joining us on this week's Sponsored Mining Minute. And now, without further ado, let's take a quick look at the fourth quarter and full year results for the North American gold producers. We're looking at a little bit of EPS and finance information for the fourth quarter 2017, just to get a handle on the trends, uh, as well as the full year production statistics and 2018 guidance for each of the gold majors in the subject matter. That includes Agnico, Kinross, Newmont, Barrick, and Goldcorp. I have a couple notes from uh, the BMO Capital Markets folks talking a little bit about the bottom line with each producer, so I'll read those off. Uh, coincidentally, wanted to mention BMO is holding its flagship conference in Hollywood, Florida this coming week. I'll have some content from that next week. I'm going to be hopping on the webcast to take a look at what's going on down there in Florida. But for now, let's jump right on in. These are in no specific order, though it may seem at the onset that it is alphabetical, but it is not, I promise. You will see quickly that these are as they come across my screen. First and foremost is Agnico Eagle Mines. BMO's bottom line for Agnico was that it reported an EPS beat on stronger than expected production. Uh, it notes, BMO, that capital spending during the fourth quarter was directed to Agnico growth projects that have accelerated the opportunity for an earlier start at Meliadine in Nunavut. Uh, moving into 2018, BMO notes that Agnico continues to spend on growth with the company approving the shaft project at Katila. Now, Agnico reported fourth quarter gold production of 413,000 ounces at byproduct cash costs of $492 per ounce. That was ahead of BMO's expectations, though the costs were slightly higher. Uh, as expected, Agnico came in ahead of its 2017 guidance of 1.68 million ounces as it produced 1.71 million ounces on the year. Full year, all-in sustaining costs, or ASIC, were $804 per ounce, which came in below guidance, ranging from $820 to $870 per ounce. Uh, Agnico noted that at year-end 2017, proven and probable gold reserves increased by 3.1% year-on-year, while measured in indicated resources and inferred resources dropped 2.6% and 4.3% respectively. And hopping right on over to Kinross Gold, BMO's bottom line being that Kinross reported a minor EPS miss relative to expectations. Operating cash flow came in above BMO expectations while free cash flow was affected by higher capex during the fourth quarter. BMO expects investors to be a bit surprised by the $257 million investment by Kinross to secure lower power costs for its Paracatu operation. Uh, key points. Key, Kinross reported fourth quarter gold equivalent production of 653,000 ounces at ASIC of $1,019 per ounce. That was slightly below BMO's expectation of 668,000 gold equivalent ounces at ASIC of $932 dollars per ounce. Over the full year 2017, Kinross cranked out 2.7 million ounces gold equivalent at ASIC of $954 per ounce. And that was in line with the company's guidance, which ranged from 2.5 million to 2.7 million ounces gold equivalent. ASIC was estimated to be between $925 and $1,025 dollars per ounce. Uh, Kinross said that it expects to produce 2.5 million ounces gold equivalent this year, a plus or minus 5%, at ASIC of $975 per ounce. Uh, the company does expect to maintain that 2018 production level, so 2.5 million ounces gold equivalent through 2020. It also reported capital guidance of $1.1 billion, plus or minus 5% this year. That was slightly below BMO expectations of $1.3 billion, largely due to lower capital spending at Tassius. Um, on development, Kinross noted that Phase 1 at Tassius is advancing with full production by end of June, while the Phase 2 expansion is also reportedly on schedule.
Next up is U.S.-based Newmont Mining, which was vying with Barrick Gold for the largest per ounce gold producer in the world. I believe Barrick uh, nudged out the victory by a slim 20,000 ounce margin. I'll get to those numbers a little bit later. Uh, for Newmont, however, the bottom line, BMO says, is that it reported a slight beat on EPS during the fourth quarter, as well as production. Cash flow and free cash flows came in above BMO expectations. Production and ASIC guidance were maintained, but capital guidance was raised by $300 million to fund newly approved projects. Uh, earlier this week, Newmont released updated reserves and resources, outlining flat reserves at a 5% lower grade. Newmont reported full year 2017 production of 5.3 million ounces at ASIC of $924 per ounce gold. That fell within a guidance range of 5 million to 5.4 million ounces gold at ASIC ranging from 900 to $950 per ounce. Uh, earlier this week, as noted, Newmont updated its reserves and resources, which remained flat at 68.5 million ounces. And moving right into Canada's Gold Corp, where BMO's bottom line was that Gold Corp reported fourth quarter EPS in line with street estimates, and it beat BMO's estimate largely on income tax recovery of $185 million. BMO's cash flow for Gold Corp before working capital was in line with estimates, while free cash flow beats on a favorable working capital adjustment offset by higher capex for the fourth quarter. Gold Corp reported full year 2017 production of 2.57 million ounces gold, which meets its guidance of 2.5 million ounces plus or minus 5%. The pump company previously indicated that ASIC for full year 2017 would be at the midpoint of guidance, which puts it at about US $825 per ounce. Um, and fourth quarter ASIC came in at $870 per ounce versus BMO's estimate of $797 per ounce. Uh, Gold Corp's guidance for uh, 2018 was also pre-released. The company continues to expect to produce 2.5 million ounces gold in 2018 at ASIC of around $800 per ounce. Uh, BMO notes that Gold Corp exited the fourth quarter with net debt of $2.2 billion, including $186 million in cash, and the company has access to a $3 billion credit facility. Next up is Barrick, which BMO Capital Markets said reported fourth quarter adjusted EPS in line with expectations. Cash flow and free cash flow are a bit lower than expected on higher capital spending. Uh, BMO adds that increased spending looks to be flowing into 2018 with, a with Barrick increasing growth capex by $270 million and increasing GNA by $75 million over previous expectations. Positively, BMO notes higher near-term spending looks to sustain gold production levels in the $4.2 million to $4.6 million ounce range out to 20. 22. Bear cranked out about 5.32 million ounces last year, or that slim uh, win over Newmont there at ASIC of around $798 per ounce. For capital guidance 2018, Barrick expects to spend between $1.4 and $1.6 billion, which is above BMO's expectation of $1.25 billion following the addition of $270 million in new spending. Uh, Barrick continues on, BMO notes the debt reduction path, earmarking a further reduction in debt of $1.4 billion in 2018. Uh, BMO concludes that given divestitures and reclassification of reserves at Pascalama, which we noted last week, uh, reserves, Barrick's reserves declined to 64.5 million ounces. Barrick added 8 million ounces to reserves at existing operations, including a 1.5 million ounce initial reserve at Gold Rush, uh, more than offsetting a depletion of 6.2 million ounces. BMO also adds that Turquoise Ridge looks to be a sweetheart story, with 2.1 million ounces added to reserves and a new 7-year toll milling agreement that provides an opportunity for expansion in 2020. So that pretty much wraps up our 
Gold Major Roundup for the uh, first quarter 2018 here, taking a little bit of look forward into the guidance ranges heading out into the 2020s um, and uh, talking a little bit about uh, how things are looking for the major North American gold producers. And now, friends, moving into the end of the show here, there is something I must discuss. Uh, there is a, a rumor out there that is indeed true. I uh, will be departing the Northern Miner at the end of February here, so there is one more podcast left in me. Next week will be my final episode with the Northern Miner after around six years at the newspaper. Six glorious years at the newspaper, but uh, I will be moving onwards to another opportunity. So uh, the podcast, do not worry, will be moving into very able hands in Toronto, probably with uh, our editor-in-chief John Cumming and uh, Richard, who you've met through the Mining Minute, handling some of the heavy list- lifting there. You'll hear from our senior staff writer, Trish Saywell, as well, who has been on the show previously. you remember her segment on Cobalt uh, a couple months ago. So uh, sadly, uh, I will be uh, departing my uh, my <laughs> my voice Will no longer uh, no longer be here weekly to uh, to update you on the wide world of mining, but, but the Northern Miner podcast will persevere and continue on with a number of great people uh, taking over the reins in our Toronto office. So uh, yeah, I have one more podcast left in me here. Uh, next week will sort of be my farewell episode. Uh, you do not fear though; I am not leaving the industry. You will see my name pop up heading forward here. Uh, but uh, yeah, this will be uh, sort of the end of an era at the Northern Miner podcast. We did get this thing kick started with. With Leslie about two years ago it's really it's really just blossomed into this amazing platform lots of uh lots of interaction with our guests and uh our listeners and and just the general readership of the miners so it's been an absolutely fantastic journey for all of us and I will miss you even though I don't talk to you you know it's more of a one-way conversation but I, I will I will miss you um but uh yeah so next week will be my farewell episode we'll uh, try to do something a little bit special though it'll probably just be pretty straight on forward for us here uh, at the northern miner but uh, yeah at the end of february here uh, i will be departing so just just a little bit of an update there i didn't want to just like spring it on everyone right right at the last episode and be like i'm gone ha smoke bomb no that's not how we work here uh so i will be uh will be joining you one more time next week uh and then we'll be handing the podcast off to john in toronto and richard and uh, they will do an absolutely amazing job we had a nice conference call on uh, where it's going and i think they have a great vision for the program so look forward to that some new voices some new content but the same old northern minor podcast and uh, i will be in toronto this year for pdac if you do see me around the floor etc etc please do come up say hello um i might not be with the miner anymore but i will be getting a subscription so everyone get a subscription come on let's do it let's all get subscriptions but uh, i look forward to meeting everyone there in toronto for the conference but you do not fear i will be back for one more episode next week uh just to close out my uh my uh, my time here behind the mic at the northern miner podcast but it has been a pleasure uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week but as always thank you so much for listening please do hop over to itunes like the podcast give us a little bit of a rating follow the northern miner on social media uh follow us on twitter like us on facebook check out our youtube page uh, and our soundcloud account uh, for all the back episodes of the northern miner podcast but as always loyal listener thank you so much for joining us this has been the northern miner podcast i am matthew keevil and i will talk to you one more time next week